Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. More information about our sponsor coming up later in the podcast. But for now, let's get into a much-needed, very therapeutic session of podcasting. going on everybody welcome back to jumbled your favorite podcast about nothing i'm zach and i'm johnny and that was an egg (laughs) this is a special podcast tonight for a variety of reasons yeah um the first being i'm eating a carton of hard-boiled eggs because it is nine o'clock and i and i challenged you to eat a carton of hard-boiled eggs is that why uh you know god damn it zach I just officially retired from food challenges for the second time. For the second, wait, wait. Had you gone back into it after we talked about it the first time? I did. You know, oh man, I don't even know where to fucking start with this podcast right now. Oh, sorry. Uh, professional messed. man. I'm getting <laughs> professional, dude. <laughs> okay, listen, listen, Zach. So I don't even know where to begin. There's so many things on my mind. We'll start with the food challenges, and then we'll talk about my day. Okay. Um. So food challenges. I was semi-retired, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, a challenge came to my um, to my knowledge that was a one kilogram of donair. A kilogram so, of what? A one kilogram donair. I don't know what that is. So a kilogram is about two point four pounds. Okay. And a doner is the proper term for what you Yanks call a gyro or a gyro. I don't call it a gyro. Okay, well, you know what? I don't know. You're American. Who knows what you guys say? You guys so, so the phrase gyro is not appropriate to say? That's not a Greek word? They don't say that? It's the Greek version. So a, a doner is more of like a Middle Eastern version. Gotcha. So it's not the same. Yeah. So anyways, um, my homeboy Omar, who's my stylist, shout out to Velvet Style. Um, he was telling me about how his cousin, Omar's Lebanese, by the way, okay. um, owns a donair place. And we're talking about how much I love donairs. Okay. And fun fact, my mom was pregnant with me when Mama Shana was pregnant with me. Uh, she ate a lot of donairs. So I blame my donair love on her and she blames it on me. Um and he told me that his cousin has his donair place and they have a challenge. Um, fuck, what's it called? It's some it's some play on like a dinosaur sized donair. Mm-hmm. And the the challenge is a one kilogram one kilogram of beef on a donair. So it includes lettuce, tomatoes, onions, and like pickles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to eat it in forty minutes. Okay. And I, as I've said before on this podcast. I love food challenges. I'm not a speed eater. Can I eat two and a half pounds of food? No problem. (laughs) Can I eat two and a half pounds of food in 40 minutes? At the current weight that I'm at now, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, But never shying away from a challenge, I said, let's do it. How long ago was this? Last week. Oh, okay. So it's a recent thing. Ironically... Comically, it was day two of my weight cut in preparation for a jiu-jitsu tournament. <laughs> Starting so, up strong. So I, yeah, so I posted this whole event on my social media, mm-hmm. which I'm disappointed you clearly weren't paying attention to my stories. No, well, here's the thing. I don't pay attention to anybody's stories because I really don't look at the stories. I'm not on Instagram that much honestly i have started doing snapchat more but snapchat's going out okay like i'm up to date on all the social media spheres all right okay anyways so my boy omar he's like let's do this together it'll be fun we're gonna plan it around the end of ramadan he's like i'll be ready to just eat 
And I was like, okay, cool, let's do this. And then we were chatting. He's like, yeah, I lost a lot of weight for Ramadan, and I just don't think my stomach can handle two and a half pounds of beef right now. So let's let's give it a couple weeks. Okay. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Kind of didn't think anything of it. Decide to commit to this tournament and decide that I'm gonna to compete at 195, mm-hmm. which means I had to cut 20 pounds. Yep. And then the talk to my coach about it. We make a plan. And the day two of this plan, Omar texts me. He's like, yo, let's do this. Don't air. And I was like, well, fuck. I told him I was going to do it. Didn't want to wait any longer. So we did it. Um, I failed the challenge. Mm. How close it were is, you? Uh, I got to 150 grams. Ugh. Which is not a lot. It's a decent amount, but it's not a lot. Right. And it wasn't that I didn't run out of space. Honestly, it was like... My jaw was so fucking tired. Right. Like, I was still... I could still eat. And a lot of people were like, oh, you're making excuses. So, straight up, I failed the challenge. Right. No complaints about it. Right. I failed that challenge, and then I went and ate a motherfucking blizzard (laughs) to celebrate my official retirement from food eating competitions. Clearly, I had the space. I just couldn't do it in the time. The time limit was part of the challenge, yeah. and I failed. Your official second retirement. My official second, but it's the official official. Uh-huh. I will not do another food challenge. Until until somebody else wants to do a, a, a donator challenge, and then you're going to no. you're right back in. I won't, I won't give in to food challenge. Is there one food... That you feel like you could completely crush at a food challenge. I mean, let's be honest. So, so my record, I am I am twelve and three in food challenges, which okay. I think is a respectable number. Sure. I actually was going through and doing the math, mm-hmm. um, and looking back at challenges. Eighty percent. Three challenges. That's an eighty percent win. Three challenges. Yep. And I think three strikes you're out. Mm-hmm. My priorities have changed. I'm not lifting as heavy. I'm not fat like i was sure i don't eat as much as i do in general and i eat mostly vegetarian right mm-hmm. now believe it or not um so i need to be realistic about where i'm at could i get back into eating form and crush that challenge absolutely is there a part of me that wants to go for redemption and just commit the next six months to being a fat piece of shit and then going in and beating the record yeah absolutely can i do it I'm positive I can do it. I went into that challenge pretty, like, not eating meat, mm-hmm. fasting, not eating a lot in general. And I almost beat that challenge as it was. Me and my prime, no problem. I have put away meals that are upwards to six pounds. It's not a mass issue. It was a speed issue and just where my body's at. I have accepted that I have other priorities that mm-hmm. I want to accomplish, which requires me to be smaller and not eat as much. Sure. And I am trying to focus on those right now. And maybe I'll return to the competitive food world mm-hmm. when I'm 50, right before I die, because, you know, I'm going to die at 50. We've talked about this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And my body doesn't matter anymore. And I've completely... <laughs> completed all the tasks i want to do leading up to that sure maybe i'll revisit okay like the year before you go or maybe like maybe that's how you how you decide to go out what's the food you want to die eating like it kills me or my last meal hey let's do both let's visit both man last meal is hard Well, it's not a prison last meal. You know, you're going to enjoy it. It's, I mean, you're not going to be eating it in a cell. True. So, last meal before I die, Mm -hmm. I want my grandfather's traditional Christmas dinner. Okay. Which is like Ukrainian food. Okay. Okay, that's what I want. That's like my comfort. That's my happy place. That reminds me of family and Mm -hmm. like my mom and my my grandpa and like all my cousins sure i love the fuck out of sour cabbage rolls okay if i was going to die by food eating something Mm -hmm. i want it to be like 
a giant pizza and I want to like flop over me like a blanket and I suffocate as I try and eat it's my not way e- out of it. Oh, okay. I was about to say it's not a, you you dying of suffocation, not necessarily of eating. Yeah. So you um, want like a cloudy with a chance of meatball sized pizza to fall from the sky on top of you. Yes, that sounds perfect. Awesome. Well, I don't know that I can make that happen, but well, I think you need to invest some more research and development into creating this mega pizza. Sure. Which I have also eaten and accomplished a giant pizza food challenge before. Have you? Yes. Was it one of those by yourself or group? By yourself. I've only done one group food challenge. I'll never do it again because my partner, Ryan Nadu, sorry, maybe bleep out his last name. I'll try to remember. He quit on me, and I'll never uh, forgive him for that. I haven't seen him since. I actually don't think I actually have seen him since, ironically. <laughs> Not intentionally. But sure. that was my first loss, and that was a tough one to take. I'm sorry, man. I'm making note of the name bleep. Mm. Um, <clears throat> well, Johnny, here's to you, man. I don't have a drink, but here's to you and your many, many victories and food challenges and uh you know i know you say there won't be another one but i just have a sneaking suspicion that there's probably going to be another one probably will it's, be. Just it's, it's just a it's guess it's just it's only a matter of time before i'll give in to temptation and then i'll be pissed at myself for giving in but i'm trying to hold strong it and, happens man and i'm somewhat back on track to my weight loss goals mm-hmm. and i should hit 195 by september 14th okay that's the plan well i only i have to be under 200 pounds my goal is to be 195 on my scale because that gives me a bit of flexibility sure um and then obviously if scales weigh differently or whatever i have a, I have a margin of error there so uh, but it ain't going to be easy and i have to do it naturally not with a dehydration cut Hmm. So that's an added level of, of challenge. Okay. Is is weighing in sort of the same thing as like wrestling where you just have to make weight and then you can eat? No. So this tournament is day of comp like weigh in the day of competition. Right. So you you can do a hydration cut or a partial hydration cut. Mm-hmm. But you're not really gonna want to go and compete after doing that. Sure. So which is good. I believe in this because it it means the people that I will be competing with will actually be true to that weight. Mm-hmm. None of this weigh in and you have 24 hours and you gain 20 pounds bullshit. Right. Okay. Okay. I just know like in like my brother wrestled in high school and for his meets and stuff he would have to make weight and then they mm-hmm. would just they would have like food on the sidelines like in between their matches, they would cram a bunch of food. Mm-hmm. I don't know if jujitsu is the kind of way where you don't want to have a whole lot on your stomach, or it. I mean, it's it depends on the the level and the system of the of the weigh in and the competition and what the rules are. Mm-hmm. Some are day before weigh ins, and you can do that same thing. Some are morning of, and there's some people that take that risk. I will be prepared to hydration cut five pounds the morning of. Okay. If I'm not quite there, because I will compete at the end of the day. So I weigh in the first thing in the morning, and then I have like three or four hours to rehydrate and like get back on track. Sure. So, but ideally, I'm doing this as not just a challenge for the tournament, but a challenge to really push myself to get to that below 200 mark because it is hard for me to get there. Right. Um, but I'm willing to make that effort. And the more I'm accountable to it, public about it, the more I'm accountable to it, which means I feel more motivated mm-hmm. to not eat. Um, so there's a, it's a pro and con, right? So yeah. if I don't do it. Now all of our jumbled listeners will be like, hey, John, you said you're going to do this, and you didn't, you big pansy face butthead. <laughs> pansy and face I will accept butthead, that. yep. And my punishment will be having to wrestle with bigger people than me, which I don't want to do. Yeah. 
So so if you miss weight, you can move up. To I'll the just next. I'll have to go up a weight class. Okay, and then so I'll be this the small guy. So it's sort of different from from wrestling that way, where I mean you're you're competing on an individual level, right? So it's like yeah, for like for high school wrestling, you're competing as a team, you know, to to see who who all comes out as as far as like scoring goes. So if you didn't make your weight, you just didn't wrestle that day because the spot next. Did you just seriously cram all those in your face? I didn't realize you'd eaten eight of them in the span of the first ten minutes of this podcast. That's impressive, dude. Eight hard-boiled eggs in approximately eight to ten minutes. All right, that is the challenge for you listeners. If you think that you can... Uh, and that wasn't Johnny like cramming. That was just Johnny eating and, and holding the conversation. So here's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to carry on an eight minute conversation with a buddy of yours and try to eat eight hard boiled eggs while talking, uh, and not missing a beat. Good job, Johnny. I'm proud of you, dude. Uh, still got it, baby. Professional dude. That's right. That's, that's what, that's a professional eater right there. Yeah. Just casually eat eight hard boiled eggs. I'm so hungry. I'm going to finish this podcast. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to fucking eat something else. I don't know what yet, but I'm going to eat it. Yeah, probably like a grapefruit or something, right? You got any grapefruits up there? I don't have any grapefruits, but I do love me some grapefruits. I know you do. I think I have some fruit up there. I know I got some veggies. I'll figure something out. Yeah, you got it, dude. So uh, I did a a bit of a system upgrade to the uh, podcasting rig. I told you guys about. I've got an irresponsible amount of RAM in this computer right now, so if I end up responsible amount of RAM, if I end up like getting sidetracked and doing something else while we're talking, I apologize. Uh, unacceptable. I need your undivided attention. Understood. Got it. All I'm saying is I'm only running seven point nine gigs of RAM right now out of my thirty-two, and I've got four different windows open. Mm. Doing a bunch did of I stuff. Did I upgrade to 32 or to 16? What did I do? I don't know. I can't speak for you. I can't you. remember. I feel like you went all out too. I'm pretty sure I went to 32. Yeah. Well, I, it's like I I paid 100 bucks for... 32. For 32. Suck it, Zach. I did it first. You did it first. Well, you know what? You're you're the hipster of RAM and computers, dude. I'm the Ramster. You're the, you're the Ramster. <laughs> Hold on, let me. All right, perfect. This is this needs to be Johnny Challenge 2.0. Ooh, the jo- what... Johnny Challenge 2.0, which was episode 37, was your initial I, your initial podcast, so, yeah. and that was the Johnny Challenge where we talked about your McDonald's mm-hmm. obsession. Yeah, and and your regular order from McDonald's. So what's what's For... this? What? Eight eight eggs in eight minutes. Eight eggs in eight minutes, but that's not really like. Do you th- what? You think you could cram eight eggs probably in what two and a half three minutes if you tried? If, are they peeled? Mm. So that's a good that's a good point. That's so a good one, point. one, I maintained conversation the entire time. Yeah, and I peeled them and ate them. And here's the thing: I didn't even realize that you were peeling eggs either, which is really yeah, I was really I was busting them on my knee. <laughs> it's really impressive because like I can't peel an egg to save my life. Like I. I always have like the little bitty pieces. I end up having to try to like pick them all off and stuff. Oh, yeah, don't... there's a trick to it. I eat a lot of eggs. Yeah. Oh, an ungodly amount of eggs. We get eggs from a farm and mm-hmm. we always have at least two dozen eggs. You should just get a chicken coop in your backyard. Uh, we looked into it. We cannot. It's against the bylaws. Why? It's against the bylaws. I don't know what to tell you. I don't write the laws. The bylaws. So for the city laws. The city, city laws. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, uh, probably because we live in the mountains and wild animals in your backyard, it, animals in general mm. attract coyotes and other things and yeah. it's noisy and it's messy and stinky and whatever sucks, but I follow the law well, hey, so I will not get a chicken. What, what are the rules for a subterranean chicken farm? Uh, that is a good point in the basement. I don't really like our tenant. Uh, so Kick I might just out. move a chicken, make a chicken coop in the spare bedroom down here yeah uh frozen tundra studio c will also be a chicken coop it's a very complex room it is a very complex room podcast library guns armory yep chicken coop 
shrine to Santa Claus, uh, <laughs> Santa Claus molestation. I think my mom is taking a uh, personal offense to that. I had lunch with her yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And she made a conscious effort to reiterate that she does not believe that I was molested by Santa Claus. Uh, um, you know, sometimes but, people sometimes people just say stuff to try to make themselves feel better, you know? That's true. It's an awful thing that happened to you, Johnny. And according to the jumbled guest poll, so I far, have. Yeah, so far, it's, it's pretty Unanimous much... Unanimous decision. Yeah, it's a consensus, yeah. Uh, although we haven't we haven't tested Larry yet, so I need I need to talk to Larry. It's true, we will need to get Larry back on the podcast in order to do and, that. Um, but anyways, so so yeah, uh, so sorry I was late tonight. It's okay. Um, I had a day, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this. So, Allie and I have been talking about buying a new car for mm-hmm. about six months. Sure. And part of it was figuring out what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Part of it was figuring out timing. How much did we actually want to spend? Because mm-hmm. we're both kind of frugal. Sure. And then it was agreeing and timing. And then we were looking at interest rates. If we were going to fi- finance, um, we saved a pretty good down payment, but we knew we were going to finance. But neither of us wanted to pay high interest rate. Right. So we were kind of like playing this weird back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And about a month ago, we went and we test drove a bunch of vehicles. We mm-hmm. made like a cute little date day. We got, you know, somewhat dressed up. I wasn't in my typical gym shorts as I am whenever I'm not at work. Mm-hmm. I put jeans on, a button up. We went for a cute lunch and then we went to some dealerships and we test drove a bunch of stuff. And when yeah. I say a bunch, we test drove a new Toyota Corolla. Mm-hmm. I love Toyota. We test drove the new Toyota RAV4, which is what I thought I really wanted at first. Mm-hmm. We test drove a Lexus UX, which is their like hybrid small entry level crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, and we test drove because I was feeling brave. We test drove the new Lexus IS350 on the pretense that if we were to buy that car, I would have to sell the Corolla. Just mm-hmm. to be clear, which makes sense. I don't need two stupid cars like that. Sure. Um, so we test drove a lot. And then what we learned was. Neither of them really fit the bill of what we were looking for mm-hmm. completely. So, for example, I love the Lexus UX. It's a hybrid. Check. We, so, here's what we're looking for. Good fuel economy. Mm-hmm. A small crossover. Mm-hmm. Bigger than a car. All-wheel drive. And, you know, moderate reliability. Sure. Um, and had decent decent speed. So... In the small crossover world, it's a very strange world right now. Um, so the Lexus UX, it's a Toyota. Check. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm a Toyota guy. Yep. It has all-wheel drive. Check. Love it. Um, it's a hybrid. Has incredible fuel mileage. Mm-hmm. Check. Drives like shit. Really? Uh, oh, it was so disappointing. I mean, mm. it, I knew it was going to be gutless going into it. It wasn't horrible, but it was like not responsive well, and, and you ex- just yeah you expect more out of the out of the lexus brand though since it's yeah. like it's it's sort of like a luxury or like the next yeah it is a luxury, luxury car um i feel pretentious saying that i apologize i have an acura i can't really i mean it's that's true yeah so then we test drove the is350 which is what i really wanted mm-hmm. all-wheel drive sporty mm-hmm. okay fuel mileage but it's a full-size car, right? And it kind of already hits a need that I have with a Corolla. Like, I do I really need another sports car? Love the car, but we didn't really want to spend that much money on it. Like, it's not. If we just had better things that we would want to spend the money on, if that makes sure. sense. Sure. So we kind of talked about it and was like, well, if I sell the Corolla, I can buy it, but it doesn't make sense to have that car and the Corolla. And it just becomes an issue. And then garage space is limited. So then we went over to the Toyota dealership. And I test drove the new Corolla hatchback. Which I love. Because I have mm-hmm. an 80s Corolla. And I love them dearly. And that car was pretty nice. But front wheel drive. Not quite full sized mini crossover. Like it's a smaller car. Sure. And it was expensive for what it was. Mm. Um, 
And then I had this thought of like, is this really checking all of the boxes? It was nice that it was manual. Right. It was decently sporty for a front wheel drive car. And mm-hmm. I liked that it was Toyota. But again, it wasn't quite hitting all the marks. So then we test drove the new RAV4. Mm-hmm. And they made them full size. And that kind of excluded it there was that, do we want two full size SUVs? Not really. Yeah. So I had a bit of like an existential crisis of like, what are we going to do? What are we going to buy? And then we started looking at other things. Am I being too needy? And then Allie sneakily slides in this vehicle called the Kona, which is made by Hyundai, mm-hmm. which is made in Korea. Yeah. And I'm a Japanese guy. Sure. Through and through. Um, but Allie's first car out of university was a Hyundai Accent. Mm-hmm. aka zippy truthfully it has been the most reliable car that we own mm-hmm. um it has been cheap easy to maintain cheap on gas decent service never had an issue with it so she was like let's just go look at this just look at it i know it's not a toyota i know it, like i know it's not a japanese car and you're venturing into a weird korean world <laughs> that you don't that you don't like but just give it a chance i think it's gonna i think it's gonna fit so I started doing a bunch of research on this car mm-hmm. and time and time again, when they compared that car against the Lexus UX, the Subaru Crosstrek, um, the Mazda version, like all of those small crossovers, the Kona was number one, number one, number one, number one, number one. Wow. And then I read JB Power Auto Consumer Reports and it won best in class. I was like, okay, so there's clearly something here with this car. Hmm. Whoa, 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 Johnny. Whoa. Calm down there, boy. Here's a sugar cube. Guys, it's July. We need to talk about our sponsor, Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled to get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. The book that we're going to talk about this month is A Polaroid Guy in a Snapchat World by David Spade. Narrated by David Spade. It's about six and a half hours long. This book and this book uh, David Spade reflects on his SNL days and also talks about his life now through a series of takes such as why it's getting harder to date younger women, the dad life, and being the battle-tested vet on set. Whether he's talking about the far too easy task of breaking up via iMessage or feeding the trolls and losing online, when David displays his humor and filthy mind on being middle-aged, he's in a league of his own. This audiobook was created with Audible in mind. It's pretty cool. They wrote it and they created it. Um, that and this was the end goal to get on Audible, so head over and find the new comedic memoir, which will take you along for the sometimes embarrassing and always hilarious ride of getting older in our fleeting Snapchat world. Guys, that's the book. If you want to listen to that, great. If you want to listen to something else, hey, cool. Just head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled. They got all the books. Like I've said before, numerous times, you guys know. They've got so many books, so you're going to find something you like. I guarantee it, and we guarantee that you are going to like the rest of this episode. So let's get back to it. So we go to Hyundai, and I feel like my skin is going to light on fire just walking in there. Um, (laughs) But I try and put my prejudices behind me. Sure. And we talk about the car, and the sales guy is like, you know, give me the sales guy pitch. I was like, dude, I know about this car. I've watched a lot of videos. I've read about it. He's like, okay, well, are you like looking for affordability or are you looking for fun? I was like, I don't want to look at the two liter. I know it's garbage. Just let me test drive the 1.6 liter turbo. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, you know what you want. And I was like, I know what I want and I don't think it's this, but I'm going to give this a shot at the request of my wife. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, the inside is okay. It's mm-hmm. not overwhelmingly fancy. It has an appropriate amount of buttons. That was one of my feedback at the lexus mm-hmm. why the fuck any vehicle needs four different places that you can control the volume of your radio i will never understand but yeah. that is the case i thought it was in a goddamn rocket ship in the lexus like there's toggle yeah. switches and spindles and there's a touch mouse pad on like the center console you gotta you can f- control a mouse with do you have a throttle like, <laughs> <laughs> like all kinds of weird shit man and I mean, it looked cool, but I was like, I would be so annoyed trying to deal with this on a day-to-day basis. Right. So the Kona interior, I would give it a passable. It's leather. It has a cool like eight inch 
screen for your gps and all that shit uh-huh it does score points because it has a pop-up heads-up display like like a fighter pilot heads-up display okay which made me feel pretty badass yeah oh uh, like project it, up on the on windshield? the windshield that's pretty cool yeah. i i it, drove a uh a, what was it a i think it was a grand prix uh pontiac when they still made them uh mm-hmm. and, and it was, they had them yeah yeah they had those yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, it I, what I do like is it has a wireless charging pad for your phone mm-hmm. in the console, so you can just put your phone down, good to go. That's pretty neat. Um, it's comfortable. It's a good size. I I hate to admit this; it still pains me to this day. I loved driving it. I threw that bitch in sport mode. The turbo is awesome. There's very little turbo leg. It's not like blow your pants off fast, but it's sure. peppy. It yeah. is surprisingly quick for everything that's in that class, um, and it put a smile on my face. And the 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 sales rep was kind of like, "Oh yeah, like you can drive it." And I was joking, "I'm like, can I do donuts?" He's like, "I won't tell anyone." And Ali's like, "Be careful what you say, because he will push this car through its paces." <laughs> and then I kind of looked at him, was like, "I race cars, and you're giving me the okay to drive this car." He's like. You're responsible for any of the tickets, man. And I was like, all right. So we went down to a back road and I was throwing that bitch into corners, like four wheels squealing. Wow. Like ripping <laughs> on it, going to a stop, slamming on the brakes, pinning it, like yeah. putting it through his paces. At one point we went to a gravel lot and he showed me like all the different colors. Uh-huh. And I just did a flat out donut flat spin in the gravel lot with it and like flipped a Yui doing that yeah. and then peeled out drove the piss out of that car yeah um so anyone who buys that demo it's well broken in now um <laughs> yeah you weren't gonna buy the one that you put through the pace doing, no. doing donuts you're like gravel. It's you all know chipped what up now i like this kona we're gonna take the other one though yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> <laughs> so i was surprised like i liked driving it i liked it I, I it gave me the it gave me a bigger smile and it felt more responsive or as responsive as the Lexus IS 350 which mm-hmm. was terrifying to say. I know it's not as fast, mm-hmm. but it feels as fast. Mm. And it gets way better fuel mileage and it's half the price. And that's where it really came in when I look at the the check boxes that we had of like I'm not buying a car because I want a sports car, I'm buying a car because I want something nice. And like reliable, that will be okay for work, that has good fuel mileage, and is all-wheel drive for the snow. Um, and I started looking at the features, and it was the only one in class that has a locking diff, which means it's not like there's a difference between four by four and all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. right? Like all-wheel drive, it adjusts the power to all four wheels to make sure you don't spin. Four right. by four, you're like all four wheels are spinning at the same speed all the time. Right. So the Kona has a locking dip, so you can emulate that by pushing a button and it will spin all four wheels at the same time. So you get a sense of a true 4x4. Right. That was a huge bonus. Hmm. Um, and it's affordable and it's reliable. Cheap maintenance, one one car of the year or like one best in class or whatever. Yeah. So then we sit down with the sales guy and I had we weren't planning on buying a car. And I wasn't <laughs> planning on sitting down. We just wanted to go test drive it. And we're like, okay, we'll test drive it. We'll get an idea. And then we'll wait and see, you know, a good deal comes up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, we have 0.9% financing right now and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. So then we start talking numbers and then I negotiated hard, like real hard. So my strategy with the sales guys, I know the sales guy doesn't really have a say in the the deal that I get. Right. Like he will, he's my advocate, right? He goes up to the dude in the glass box and said, yo, I want to sell this guy this car. Here's what his expectations are. Dude in the glass cage types in some numbers, figures out the commission and then comes back and says yes or no. Right. So I set this guy up to fail intentionally mm-hmm. and was basically like, this is what I want. This is all the add-ons I want. And here's all I'm going to pay. I want you to go pitch that. And then he goes over and he, I could see in his face. He's like, I'm not going to win this. But what I do is then I watch the shit out of that guy and I want to see how hard he is willing to work for me. Right. And is he going in being like, this is what he wants and he stands there or do I see him like arguing on my behalf? Right. And it was a younger kid and I watched him and he strolled over there and he took a completely unrealistic offer 
And uh, he pitched the shit out of it to his sales manager. Right. And I watched him this whole time, kind of half-assed, like I pretend like I had my hand, not paying attention, but I'm looking through my fingers and I'm staring at him and I see him like going back and forth with this sales manager. Right. And then he comes back and he brings me like, here's a counter offer. And I look at him and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to accept that. Go back. And we kind of do this back and forth thing. And then we do this for probably 45 minutes. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, he gets within like, I don't know, 60 bucks of what I said I want my monthly payments to be. Wow. And I'm like, you're not there. We're going to leave. And I left. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) This poor kid. And I told him, I was like, honestly, like, here's the deal. Here's what it is. I'll go back. We will consider our budget and like what we're willing to spend. Right. You have one week to come up with the best deal you can. Right. One week. Don't call me until you're close to this number. You know what my number is. Give me your best deal. I will come back to you in one week. I will not buy a car from anyone else. You earned my like you earned one week grace with me before right. I abandon you. Right. So we have an appointment on Saturday. Okay. Um in this time we decided that we would sell the accent. So Sunday, last Sunday, I changed the bumper because the bumper had some dents in it. Right. Changed the bumper and I changed the front suspension, posted it on Kijiji last night thinking it'll take a week to sell. Mm-hmm. I had four messages within five minutes of me listing that thing on Craigslist. I say Kijiji, but it's basically Craigslist of Canada. Right. Like we talked about it. And my phone would not fucking stop today, which is why I was late because I had people messaging me wanting to come from different cities negotiating prices before seeing the car this that all this shit promising me an extra four hundred dollars if i wait until tomorrow when they can buy it which i don't do by the way you want me to wait sure send me two hundred dollars deposit non-refundable you have 24 hours right most people won't do that but i've held cars for people before and turned away potential buyers and then that person backs out and i'm on the hook and then i have to go back and eat crow Right. I just don't deal with it anymore. I'm pretty upfront. Here's a fair price. Here's all the maintenance records. Here's what I know about the car. Take it or leave it. Money talks. First person to walk in with money, that's who I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um. So I deal with all this shit, set up a bunch of viewings. And this guy, you know, was like, I want to come to you. I'm serious about the car. And I was like, okay, sure. But like, here's the deal. And he comes. He's a nice guy. He's an engineer. He's a little bit older. And we start talking, show them the car, we negotiate, we come to a fair price. And I was like, okay, great. Do you have the money now? Mm-hmm. And he said, no. And I was like, okay, I will not hold this car. And I sh- literally opened up my phone and showed him the 40 text threads I had of people like still texting me about the car. Right. I was like, I have all these people that want to buy this car. I want to sell you this car. I like you. You seem reliable, but I will not hold the car unless you get money. He's like, well what can we do? And this is his first time buying a car, by the way, this guy's probably 40. Okay. Um, so it's, I have to give him this education on this too. And, uh, so I walk him through the steps. It's like, you can email money, transfer me the money and we'll do the bill of sale. Problem solved. He's like, Oh, well I have a cap. It's like, okay, that that's fair. That sucks. Well, you can give me the bulk now and I'll do a, I'll sign a receipt saying that you've put a deposit on the car. You have 24 hours. You come back tomorrow night with the rest of the money car sold. It's yours problem solved yeah well he was like oh yeah okay well he called his wife his wife's like well come downtown and we'll take out the money out of an atm that's like are you sure are you sure that you can take out a few thousand dollars out of your checking account you don't have a restriction he's like yes it'll be fine between both of us so i drive this guy downtown we meet his wife she gives him his debit card and then i drive him to the bank and he comes back and he's like i can only take out a thousand dollars and I was like, okay. So I drove you home. You can only take out $1,000. Like, here's what I'll do. You're going to give me that $1,000. I will sign the receipt that says, you gave me a deposit. I'm keeping this $1,000. You have 24 hours to mm-hmm. come up with the rest of the cash. Right. If you don't, I'm keeping the $1,000 and I'm selling the car to the next person. Right. And he's like, he was kind of sketched about it. And I was like, well, I mean, this is the deal. Take it or Take it or leave it. Like I drove you, I'm going to take 20 bucks as an Uber fee for driving your ass around everywhere. <laughs> right. And you can go from there. Um, he's like, okay, fine, <laughs> let's do it. So 
I then drove home and then called you, which is why I was an hour late because he was also 30 minutes late showing up because he had to take the bus to get to my house because he doesn't have a goddamn car. <laughs> uh, public transportation, man. Oh, so um, now I'm in this awesome position where I have sold the car. I have to buy a car. Mm-hmm. And I'm training for this tournament and it's cutting into my time and to make things infinitely better. Allie is in Houston for work, so I'm doing all of this plus the dogs by myself. Man, it's a busy time. So are you still selling the Corolla then? I am. I, I'm kind of fishing. Like if someone... So you guys are going to have one me... car between the two of you? No, we no, we have the Corolla. We have the Xterra. We have oh, okay. the Accent. Okay. And I have my bike, right? So like gotcha. worst case scenario is we'll pick up the Kona on Saturday and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ride my motorcycle to work for the rest mm-hmm. of the week. Yeah. Doesn't bother me any, really. It's a little bit inconvenience, but it's a good excuse to ride more, and I'm okay with that. What kind of shape is the Xterra in? It's 2015. We bought it brand new. Oh, it's in okay. good shape. Yeah, okay. it's it's a good... It's it's an okay car. Was it's that, had some issues, but... Yeah. Was that the last manufacturer year for the Xterras? I know they it stopped sure making was. them. Yeah. It sure was, and we get calls from every fucking Nissan dealership known to man, like, oh, you have an Xterra? Do you want to sell it back to us? Because we have a buyer in the States. I'm like, No! <laughs> if i'm gonna sell it to someone in the states i'm gonna sell it myself and take the full profit yeah well, literally the dealership we bought it from six weeks after we brought that car home they called us and we're like hey we have a buyer in the states that's looking for a blue one like yours a pro 4x we'll give you like 500 cash if you sell it back to us and then like take this red one instead and i was like one you're giving me $500 cash, but you're paying me a depreciated value on the truck so you can resell it to someone in the States while selling a new car. So you're selling two cars, right? but only losing inventory on one? Is it, and you're giving me a fake $500 cash? I was like, no. It's like, give me the guy's number. I'll sell it to him myself. He's like, oh, we can't do that. He's like a, an anonymous client, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, then offer me like four grand because it took me two hours to do this paperwork and I'm not going to sit doing you know two to three hours worth of paperwork right five hundred dollars and a two thousand dollar loss on a, on depreciation <laughs> got uh, salesmen are so sketchy dude i sent you it a, is so sketchy i sent you a uh, a video earlier trying to outline how i wanted you to be for when you were selling that car did you <laughs> Her, did you I, do that? I, I started listening to it while the guy was talking to his wife and I forgot my Bluetooth was on so he could hear everything. <laughs> but I, I heard something around like, here's what you got to do to sell this car. You slick your hair back. And then I was like, oh, God, get out of this. So, yeah, the basic, the basis of it was you, you grease it. You just grease it over like over to the side but flat mm-hmm. to your head. It's pretty much just like a single layer of hair. Yeah. Then, then you you start spraying on cologne when you think mm-hmm. you've hit too much cologne, you triple you go it. twice as much. No, oh, tri- tri- you tri- triple. You triple it. Right. The theory of triples, I like it. Yep. So then, and then uh, you, of course, wear the, the button-up shirt with the tie. And then you got to work on yourself. But short-sleeved. Short-sleeved, short sleeved for sure. Short-sleeved, And it's got to sure. be, like, really boxy and baggy. Yes. Like, I got it from Walmart. Yep. And then the back is coming untucked. Yeah absolutely that's pretty standard yeah (laughs) and then of course you got to have a salesman voice do you have a salesman voice um i mean i guess kind of i don't know what's your salesman voice i don't know hey you want to buy this sweet whip yeah yeah just really just really trying yeah you hearing something johnny or are you trying to relieve your cauliflower ear uh, no, I think my dogs are barking. I think they're uh, pissed off. You took your cans off there for a second. I was like, oh, maybe his ears are starting oh, to hurt. This boy exploded again. I got to fix that. <laughs> Did it really? You're still still dealing with it, huh? Uh, it was good for a couple months. And then <laughs> I, I posted a video on my story and you weren't watching, but I got punched in the ear a few times in a drill. And uh, now, it's, now it's pissed off again. You know what I'm going to d- be doing now, right? Watching my stories? Every single day. I'll send it to you. I'm I gonna, it. I'm gonna check your story, because I don't want to miss anything anymore. Because you made me feel like a piece of shit. Because I don't get on Instagram enough. Yeah, because you don't care about my life and you hate me. That's true, to both of those things. 
<laughs> um, so I saw. Rude. Uh, sorry, I saw Toy Story four today. I almost cried. Uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me about this Toy Story four, dude. It was a uh, no joke. I think it was my favorite Toy Story. Really? Yeah. So here's the thing. I've had too many up and down roller coasters of Toy Story. It's over. It's not. It's over. It's not. It's over. It's not. Right. That I don't. I don't have a desire to watch Toy Story four. I mean, that's fair. It's a fair assessment of the situation. What What I would say though is to go into it somehow. Try to detach your feelings that you had for the other ones mm-hmm. uh, and how they left off the last one or whatever. Uh, personally, I thought they were done after the last one. I thought it wrapped it up pretty good with a bow, but, uh, well, they got a, they needed, you know, money for hookers and blow. So sure. Well, Tim Allen did for sure. Um, with his, uh, with his checkered past, his drug charges, uh, Tim Allen's a God godsend though. Uh, the dude can do no wrong. I saw, I saw recently he's going to be uh, playing the role of Mr. Rogers in a, in an upcoming movie. And that's makes... Tom Hanks. What did I say? Tim Allen. No, I said Tim Allen. I said Tom Hanks after that. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Tom I've... Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers. Yes. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. The end. But Toy Story was, uh, it was actually really, really good. Yeah. Really uh, good. I, 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 that's probably going to be a renter for me. To sure. Be honest. Sure. No spoilers, of course, because uh, it's so new. Yeah, but... maybe next week we'll we'll spoil the shit out of it, and then I won't <laughs> have to watch it. Perfect. <laughs> so you just have no desire at all. No desire at that's, all. That's I fine. did. I did see Spider Man Homecoming. How was that? It was it Homecoming. What's the new one? Uh, it's something about home. Is it home? Yeah, it was it's good. Not... I liked it. Yeah. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. It was a different style of enemy i i was hesitant about jake gyllenhaal being in marvel movies because i don't really don't like massive big names yeah um even though marvel movies are full of them now Um, but it it worked and i enjoyed it and i i was entertained and i love that i love that Mm spider-man um so uh so yeah it was it was it was nice it was very nice what did I, what else did I see? Oh, I saw Lion King. Also, how was that? You know what? The critics have been uh, sort of bashing it a little bit, but I thought it was really good. I wouldn't say I mean, it's I, I wouldn't say it's better than the original. Well, can it be better? It's going to be the same thing or slightly worse because they'll cut shit out. Well, I mean, honestly, is there to be fair? When, sorry, go ahead. When Mufasa falls down and dies, mm-hmm. do you remember in like the old Disney, like the smoke spelt weed? Oh no! So it's spelled sex. Sex. Did that happen? And that was that was Simba, and no, it didn't happen this time. I'm not seeing it. Spoiler <laughs> alert! That movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> no, dude. Um, it did not do that. But what it did, which I thought was pretty weird, also sort of cool. Please tell me there was graphic animal sex. There wasn't graphic animal sex, but there was... Movie is a piece of shit! (laughs) You just keep disowning it because it doesn't have all these (laughs) purely non-Disney things. Well, actually, old school Disney had a lot of shit. Like, do you know uh, on the original Little Mermaid box, there was a dick? There's a dick tower, dude. Yeah, I love the dick tower. I mean, what? (laughs) It was the golden dick tower, man. Um, and they removed it on subsequent, uh, subsequent things, subsequent, uh, VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it saying? Oh, so he, when he laid down in the old one, it said sex, but when he laid down this time, like a little tuft of hair flew off of him and it like floated and like, they sort of outlined the circle of life or whatever. It landed on a. Landed on a tree, and then a giraffe ate the leaves and the hair, and then he shat out the... He he like, a big old shit, and then a dung beetle, like, rolled it along, and then it went down a hill and broke open, and then... There was the hair again? Some The hair blew off, and then... That's basically my life every day living with two furry fucking dogs. You just shit out hair? All the time. That's all I do, is just hair everywhere. We bought... A Roomba to try and deal with it. Yeah, and the Roomba... I did not know how expensive Roombas are... 
but broke. <laughs> no, it's good. It's been going hard. Uh, we did name it DJ Roomba, yeah. and I'm really jealous because DJ Roomba sends Ali text messages when it's completed missions. Oh, nice. And then she sends me screenshots of, yo, DJ Roomba's hitting on me. Like, <laughs> God damn you, DJ Roomba. Does DJ Roomba play music and stuff? Uh, not yet, but there might be some modifications coming to DJ Roomba shortly while Ali's away. There you John go. John will play. <laughs> Try your hand out a little bit of uh, electrical engineering. Uh, I mean, by electrical engineering, you mean I'm just going to duct tape a, a wireless speaker on it? Yeah, no soldering. There's no soldering at all, yeah. No. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, they <clears throat> they kept a lot of the same things in there. Like, there was... So, you remember, like, back in the 90s when it was, like, sort of taboo for a Disney movie to say the word fart? You know, like, mm-hmm. when they were singing uh, Hakuna Matata, he's like, you know, Pumba said his little line about, like, nobody would, his friends wouldn't sit downwind from him and all the stuff. Yeah. Every time that he, and then Timon said, Pumba, not in front of the kids. This time... Timon just let it ride. Seth Rogen. Full fart jokes, eh? Seth Rogen was born to be Seth Pumbaa. Is Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen is Pumba. Okay, that's that's pretty good. He All was right, born I, to be Pumba. No joke. I will consider seeing this movie. Um, I don't want to cut this podcast short, but I did just eat eight eggs full of hot shit. sauce. Daddy's got to make a boom boom. <laughs> Okay, we'll Let's cut. wrap this up. <laughs> hey, 50 minutes is good enough. All right, guys, Johnny's got a shit, so let's get out of here. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to make this quick. Johnny, you can just walk off if you want. No. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, check us out all over uh, social media at Jumbled Podcast. You want to send us any emails, that would be at or it'd be jumbledpodcast at gmail.com or johnny.jumbled at gmail.com uh dick picks only the second one keep listening wherever you're listening that's appreciated but wherever you are listening if you could head over to itunes and leave us a rating and review it would help out a lot we would appreciate it immensely uh want to give a big shout out to our sponsor audible head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook uh head over to patreon uh patreon.com slash jumbled Give us uh, $500 to get us in a dress. Uh, one single dress. Me and Johnny are going to get in one dress. We're going to be like a weird Siamese twin the thing. The same dress. I like this. I like where this is going. Yeah. Um, what else? I feel like I'm missing something else. Mm, it doesn't matter. You guys know the drill. Uh, make sure to share us. Share us with all your friends, your family, your enemies. I don't care. Uh, anyway, just let everybody know. We'll keep growing this thing. We'll keep bringing it out. And you know what? I'm already so far into the red with this podcast. I'm just willing to dig myself a, a, a deeper hole here. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, mostly because I mostly stop. because I love doing it, but also because, uh, I don't know. I, I have it's $15 is a nominal fee. Anyway, thanks guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week for another episode of jumbled your favorite podcast about how to buy a car. <laughs> see you later guys. 